You found the Michigan Business Network, and we found a gentleman by the name of Greg Campy. He's the head coach of the Golden Grizzlies out at Oakland University. He's been there for 39 years, which is an amazing run, and it's one of the reasons why we wanted to have him right here on the Leadership Lowdown. Greg Campy, welcome to our humble show. Vic, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, it truly is exciting for us because we don't do sports on this show a lot. We have talked to some great people that have wonderful stories to tell. And for years, I have had the idea and the hope that we could connect on this. I met you a number of years ago when I was in a different position and had the privilege of visiting with you in your office. And I just knew there was something special about you. But my gosh, 39 years with the Golden Grizzlies, your 45th year in coaching. That's an amazing tenure of a career that a lot of people say you get hired to be fired. So I want to dig into all of that. But tell me, what was the year? I could do the math, but when you came to Oakland, you came out of Toledo, I think, right? I was an assistant coach at the University of Toledo. I got hired Oakland at the time was a Division II program that had never had a winning season. I thought it was a stepping stone job that I'd run up to. It's funny because I was sitting at my desk as a young assistant at Toledo. When I got hired at Oakland, I was 28 years old. I was the youngest scholarship-giving school head coach in the country. But I was sitting at my desk, and our baseball coach at Toledo came into my office, and he said, hey, Camp, we played a school yesterday. It's got an opening, and I think you should go up and take a look at it. And I go, where is it? He goes, Oakland University. And I said, Stan, I'm not going to California. And he started <laughs> laughing. He goes, no, it's just up in the Detroit area. You need to drive up there and take a look at that school. It's just north of there. And you know what, Greg? It's a beautiful campus. Oh, it's a hidden gem. Yeah. Uh, we always feel that if we can get a recruiting family on campus, we're going to get them because the campus is just beautiful. It's a tremendous university, a tremendous school, but it is a hidden gem. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, did you have a family you had to move at that time? Were the decisions that had to be made with other people that are important in your life? The family came after I got here. I was married maybe a year or two at the time. And, but, you know, she was in a position that she was in the auto industry. So moving to Detroit area was a great thing for her, too. And it, there was no way when I took this job that I think I was going to be here more than three or four years. I was just going to come up here. We were going to win the national championship, and I was going to go coach UCLA or something. (laughs) It's those dreams you have when you're young. Well, you know, somebody told me one time that we make plans and God laughs because there's always some bigger entity there that has a different plan for you. Well, and so when you got here, I think it's interesting because when you're the head coach and you come in, all eyes are on you. Is there any suggestions you have for any of us that might take on a big role like that? And how do you come in? Do you kind of listen and learn and quietly gather information? Or do you come in with a thunderous hand and say, there's a new sheriff in town? How'd that work in your world? I think, you know, and I get asked to speak a lot because of my longevity in that. And I think that's really a good question. And I think it's something that when you get a job, a new job, maybe even with the same company, but in, you know, a the top position, the leader position, you know, in my case, I'm the CEO of our basketball program. I think it's really, really important that you walk in, you have an air of confidence about you, but you are a listener. You sit down and I would suggest that you meet with every important person there is and you would ask those people, what do you want out of this? Mm -hmm. What can I do for you? How can I help you 
meet your quotas, meet your goals, become the best at your position that you can possibly be. What can I do to help you with that? And I think that's how you begin all conversations when you're new. And if you do that, I think that, first of all, they're going to be a little taken back. They're going to be a little stunned by that. And then if they're good, they're going to seize the moment and talk to you and get to know you and, you know, how can they succeed in their position? Because the reality of it is I've survived 39 years as a basketball coach in a profession that nobody does that right? because I've had great assistant coaches and I've had great players and I've let those coaches coach and I've let those players play. And I always try and find out, you know, in a player's situation, how do you want to be coached? What do you want me to do? And then once we have those parameters and those conversations, then I can put to them my non-negotiables. Because I think as a leader, you have to have non-negotiables. You have to have, okay, these are the non-negotiables, but they can't be overbearing and overwhelming. You know, for me, for a player, you have to be on time. That's a non-negotiable. If practice starts at 10 o'clock, you got to be there. You know, so all leaders have to have non-negotiables, but their non-negotiables can't be the first thing that's laid on the table. You've got to find out what the people that are working for you or under you or are going to make you successful, what are their goals and needs and wants And then you take those goals, needs, and wants and put them into a position that they can achieve that within your non-negotiables. Well, I just love that, Greg. Man, you just gave us so many wonderful things to talk about and consider. I think it's very rare, and it obviously is a tribute to the amazing record that you put together out there at Oakland University, is what can I do for you? That is a rare question in today's leaders that I see and that I work with. It's just amazing that you bring that to the table, and you're doing that with young men who are in the middle of trying to find their way in some very competitive world. So, man, Greg, this is so exciting to have you here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're so glad you're with us on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero with Coach Greg Campy, and we'll be right back. Sanair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. This is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verser, and so grateful we have with us today Greg Campy. He is the head coach of the Golden Grizzlies out at Oakland University. And, of course, that's a beautiful campus right here on the east side of Michigan. And, you know, what's so exciting for me is to have somebody with his tenure. Of all the coaches that are currently active, there's only one above him, and he is the second longest head coach in a Division I program. And there's another guy that you might have heard of by the name of Tom Izzo, that I think is somewhere around number three or four. So, Greg, that's really exciting to have you there. But in our first segment, you said something that just really hit me like a brick. It was so cool when you talk about what can I do for you when you're talking to people as you come into a new position as the new CEO, as the new leader of that program. You're asking some questions that I don't think 
oftentimes get asked. But what I got really excited about too is it's the old, they want to know how much you care before they care how much you know. And I think in your world, when you're asking about them, let's figure out how you want to be coached, what you want out of the program before you get into your terms and your non-negotiables. So tell me, have you ever asked that question and been some of the answers? Oh, yeah. I mean, you get surprised all the time. And that's why I think it's so important that you do it, because you go in with this preconceived that everybody thinks the way you do. And what I found over the years is very few people think the way I think. That's probably good, right, Greg? (laughs) I think that's the same for all of us. We're all our products of our life, our environment. And we know we have these views and goals in our mind. And we think everybody else should have the same ones. When we talk to people, we realize they have different ways. They've been brought up different. They've heard different mentors. They've heard different things. But we're all trying to achieve the same goal. I guess the story I'll tell you when you ask this question is, okay, we've got a player this year by the name of Rocket Watts. Okay. Rocket Watts was at Michigan State. I had a really good freshman year, was on the all-freshman team, and then it fell apart for him at State. And through now, through the course of transfers and that, he's ended up at Oakland. And in his mind, he's an NBA player. That's his goal. It's probably more important to him than anything in life. So when he decided to come here, my first meeting with him was to talk about how he got here, why he got here, what did he think got him here? You know, he was at Michigan State, the, you know, all-freshman team. How did he end up at Oakland University? And what can he do? How's he going to get his path to the NBA? And so I learned his thoughts on his, you know, journey, why his journey went this way. So now as I prep him to play within our team structure, I can put my non-negotiables and the things that I need from him in a light that he understands it. When I communicate to him, his view of what I'm saying to him is to help him reach his goal. The reality of it is, is he's going to have to live within my system and an our team framework in that. And I've got to figure out how to best. The kid's a really, really, really talented player. He's a guy that can make Oakland win. So how do we make it a win-win? How does he reach his goals? How does Oakland reach their goals? How do we get him his degree and get him in the life? Yeah. yeah. You know, so those, if I went in and sat down with him and said, Rocket, we're running this offense. You're going to do this. You're going to follow these rules. You're going to be here. He would have tuned me out within the third, you know, non-negotiable I put down. And, you know, this is a world today where everybody talks about culture. I don't buy into that word culture. I think if you're trying to set a culture, people are going to be anti against it. I think the people set the culture. So the way for them to set the culture is to learn everything about them and then be smart enough to weave what you need and want to be successful into their thinking where they think it's part of their ideas. Mm, And for Rocket, you know, Rocket wants to catch the ball on the offense, hold on to it, play one-on-one and do things. Well, you can't have a successful offense if you have a player that does that. So he and I have sat down and I've showed him in our offense, okay, these are the non-negotiables in our offense. You're going to sprint, you're going to space out, and you're going to share the basketball. And when I teach you how to do those three things, what I'm going to do for you, Rocket, is I'm going to set up some plays where – you're going to be able to get the ball in an isolation 
and you can do whatever you want, son. All the things that you think that make you such a great player, you know, all your little moves and things like that. I'll run set place to let you do that. The rest of the time when we're running offense, you've got to space, share, and sprint. Mm-hmm. As of right now, he's bought into it. We haven't played a game yet, but I think that in practice, I'll run some sets to him. Players today, they watch the NBA. They see a lot of one-on-one basketball, so they believe they've got to be that. Well, at the college level, you can't be successful doing that. I have to be smart enough to get the best out of him to make him understand that he's got to fit into the team thing, but yet be open enough to give him opportunities to do those things. Well, getting the best out of people, I think, is really one of the reasons why the leadership lowdown is so important to the network, because we talk about how is it as a manager, do you get people to do their best, to take those steps and to really become all that they have inside of them and realize those possibilities. And I think, honestly, Coach, that's why I'm so impressed by you and all the years you've spent out there in Oakland helping young men realize all that it can be, whether it's the NBA or whether it's just getting their degree and being a good, solid citizen. There's some great things that you've done, and you've got a lot to be proud of. And we've got a lot to be proud of to have you here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're so grateful you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero with Coach Campy, and we'll be right back. The workplace keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals, from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I've got Greg Campy. He's the head coach of the Golden Grizzlies, Oakland University. Over 39 years of fantastic scenario, 664 wins out there, and a lot to celebrate, and a lot to celebrate in the lives of these young men he's working with. You know, we talk about the non-negotiables, and one of the things as you work through that, I think you were kind of describing some of the things that what are you as a player's non-negotiable too? Do you have kind of a two-way side on that discussion? Well, yeah, I think the non-negotiables, you know, I'll give you an example. So life has changed. Kids have changed. Your workers, the people that work for you have changed. The pandemic's changed the world. And so your non-negotiables, you got to look at them and you got to understand, okay, you're really good. That's why you got in the position you're in. You've been given this job. You're in a leadership position, and you just didn't fall into that. You got there because you're good. So now how do I stay here? How do I get better? And I got to understand the world and what's going on and how the pandemic and how, you know, the political unrest and all the things that are going on in the world, how have they changed the people that I'm trying to get to become the best they can be? Mm. And that's where your non-negotiables come from. I'll give you a quick story. We used to tell our players, you know, I want to look like a great team out there. So we're sponsored by Nike shoes. And so they had to wear Nike shoes. Our colors are black and gold and you had to wear black and gold shoes. Yep. Well, 
Last year in the NBA championship, Steph Curry's out there scoring 40 points a game in purple shoes. <laughs> and that's what the kids are looking at. And they want those purple shoes and they not want that. So really, how important is it to me that they got to wear black and gold shoes? When Steph Curry's out there doing that, how important is it for me to win that battle? Well, it's not important at all. So this year, there's no shoot restriction. They have to wear a Nike and it has to have a swoosh on it because we're sponsored by yeah, Nike. But sure. it can be any color, any shoe they want, <laughs> I'm going to purchase them four or five pairs of Nikes that are black and gold. But if they want to go off on their own, go ahead. <laughs> and I think that is an overview of leadership. That is an overview of looking at what is important to you. Well, that's not really that important to me. And it's really important to them that they get a chance to be like Steph Curry or to wear something they like. So that non-negotiable got changed. It's no longer there. And I think as we go through this as leaders, we have to understand our clientele's not the word, but the people that work for us, the people that we're trying to gel and turn into a winning team. And we have to understand them and what makes them click and what little victories do they want. And then your non-negotiables change. Like I said, you're all great in what you do. That's why you're at. And there are things that got you there. Like I said at the beginning of this cast, the biggest non-negotiable I have is you're on time. And my kids are punished if they're not on time. And they know they're going to be punished. And, for example, if you show up one minute late to practice, you don't practice. Now, some people might think, oh, that'd be great. I don't have to work today. (laughs) But that's an embarrassment. And, you know, they're missing a day to get better. So you have to, you know, just make sure that your non-negotiables are in line with what you need to be successful. And then you have to really look at yourself and say, what do I need to be successful? How do I make this team be the best they can? So, Coach, you know what's interesting to me, and I think you I'm getting along in the tooth myself, so I get to the point where I know what works, I feel comfortable, I feel like I'm kind of set in my ways, as they say. But, you know, you've been at this a long time. Is it hard for you to say, yeah, shoe colors doesn't matter? I mean, you have to really be comfortable to say, what really are the most important elements of my leadership responsibilities here? And then be able to sort through and let some things go that maybe a few years ago might have been more important to you. Is that hard on you? It's very difficult. And, you know, I have a sign in my office that says adapt or die. And I heard that about four or five years ago. You know, if you don't adapt, you're going to die. You're going to die on the vine. You know, you're not going to be the person, the leader, the head of the program that you used to be because you're living in a world that it worked this way. It worked this way. It's good. It's going to continue to work this way. Well, it's not because the people that are working for you, the people that are on my team, the people that I'm trying to get to excel are different and have changed and believe different, have different core values and different beliefs. And that's why this communication is so important. And, you know, yeah, I mean, 10 years ago, man, I wanted my team, everybody's dressed the same. You know, that's changed. Yeah. yeah. Would I still like that? Yeah, I would still like that because I'm old fashioned, but it ain't going to work. And I heard something a long time ago. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? 
<laughs> and I mean, that's the decision every leader's got to make. Yeah. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Greg, you're making us happy today. The fact that you took time to be with us. And it's so good to have you here on the Leadership Lowdown. So good to have you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back to the Michigan Business Network right here on the Leadership Lowdown. Craig Campy, coach out there at the Golden Grizzlies in Oakland University, is with us. 39 years out there with 664 wins and many, many more yet to come. Greg, one of the reasons why I think that I was so smitten with your story and have long wanted to have you on the Leadership Lowdown is because of something that you shared with me many years ago. And I don't know if you're still doing it or not, but at one point in time, there was a golden brick that was involved in your program. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Years ago, when we were just made that move to Division One, and, you know, we had a tough go ahead of us. We were a nationally ranked Division Two program that was moving to Division One. Instead of playing Hillsdale and Saginaw Valley, we were now playing Duke and Kentucky and Michigan and Michigan State. And life changed. Yeah. And so I had a couple kids that were struggling, you know, academically. They were struggling, you know, socially. We were fighting battles. And, you know, I'm a big believer in pride. The word pride is so underused in our society. When I was a kid a long, long time ago, everybody, the word pride meant something. And today I'm not so sure that we're a very prideful society. So what I decided to do was there was a movie that we all watched called The Wizard of Oz. Right. And if you watch that movie, if you were ever to go back and watch that movie, nothing bad happened to Dorothy and her crew when they were on the yellow brick road. But every time they veered off the yellow brick road, something bad happened. They went to the poppy field and, you know, she passed out. And, you know, the witch, you know, if you just watch the movie, yeah. if you're on the yellow brick road, everything's good. So we decided at that time that we went out and I got little paver bricks and I'd go to my buddy who owned a brick company and he would paint them yellow for me. And every year we would give each player a little yellow brick and we asked them to carry it with them and it would be the reminder to stay on the path to stay on the yellow brick road when you've got decisions to make on going out at night or turning a paper in or anything like that you're carrying this little brick with you everywhere as a reminder and it became really big in our program we would have a brick ceremony every year where the veterans would 
hand out the brick to the freshmen the day before the first practice. (laughs) And they would tell them what it meant and why we carry the brick. And then at the end of their senior year, they would sign the brick with their name and any saying that they would want to put on it. And I have all the bricks for all the players that ever played it. Someday when we get our new facility and our new practice facility, I'm going to incorporate those bricks into a meeting room. But it was a cool thing. And the most important and there were kids that took that so seriously that they'd carry that brick into practice every day and put it on a scores table and leave it there. And when practice was over, take it with them. But for me, what made it such a good story and a good exercise is listening to the upperclassmen tell the freshmen every year in that ceremony why this was so important. Oh, wow. And when you get that kind of buy-in, again, I go back to that word culture. Everybody wants to set a culture, and if you're setting it, it's not going to be successful. If the people in your program, the people that work for you, are setting the standards, then it's going to be successful. And that's why this was such a good story, because my players were setting the standards. This was not Greg Campy. In fact, in that meeting, I sat in the back of the room. (laughs) I had nothing to do with it. It was player to player. And that's why it was successful. And probably a smile the size of Texas in the back of the room as you're watching maybe a senior that's passing it on down. But you know, you're so right. When we think about culture, if I've got to preach culture and I've got to try to hammer it down, it's not the same as people buying in and people forming their own commitment to excellence. And I just love that story because I think it tells us so much. And I'd forgotten the Wizard of Oz portion of that. But, you know, I think this is what's so important to me is that whether we're coaching new employees that are coming in that have never really been in the workforce or we're coaching a freshman that have maybe been an all-star wherever they've been, but now they're up against players that are just as equally as good as they are. And now all of a sudden they've got to work through that emotionally and then trying to have them buy into the team. And I think that's one of the things when we talk about pride, sometimes there's individual pride, but maybe not a lot of pride in the team. And to me, that's got to be important to you building that team feeling. I really do. And one of the things, Vic, that I really, you know, in the talks that I give and the speeches that I give, one of the things that I'm hitting on when I get a chance to sit down in front of other leaders and people that can affect today's youth is that we have to change the template of leadership. It really has to change. You know, cell phone has changed our worlds. I just bought an iPhone <laughs> 13. Yeah. And I probably know 2% of what it does. <laughs> you know, where, you know, these people that I'm trying to teach it and mature and grow into, you know, adults that can be successful, they know 85 to 100% of what it does. And I have to get on board with that. I have to learn what that phone does because they use that phone for everything. That's where they gather their information. That's where they get their news. I'm at a wedding recently, and the maid of honor pulls out her cell phone to give her speech, and she's got the speech written on her cell phone. <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, I was looking at that going, my God. <laughs> well, so Greg, I- as we're comparing notes, I get invitations to weddings, and a lot of times I'm supposed to go online to respond. I'm looking for the envelope with the return stamp and everything else to send it back to RSVP, and it's just not there anymore. So it's just funny the way things have changed, and your ability to adapt and continue your success, Greg, has been the great tribute to you and the Oakland Grizzlies out there. I'm so glad you joined us and so glad you're here with us on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back.
something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm with Greg Campy, the 39-year-plus coach out there at the Golden Grizzlies in the beautiful Oakland University campus, and it's a Division I program with basically the second longest coaching career there of any active coach, and it's such an honor to have him with us. I'm learning so much from you, Greg. Lots of great information, but what I'm curious about, you know, in 39 years and all that great experience, lots of wins, tell me some of the greatest triumphs that you can think of. And that doesn't have to be hoisting a trophy. It might be hoisting a young man that really was questioning whether he should even be there and somehow you helped him through or whatever those moments were. Maybe it's a coach that went on to be a head coach somewhere else. What are some of those great successes that you take great pride in? I think that's a really good question. And honestly, none of those moments have anything to do with winning or losing or you know, the actual games themselves. My years of doing this are the experience of, you know, I get to work with 18 to 22 year olds and maybe sometimes even 23 and four years old as they get redshirted or hurt or things like that. And they come in as, in my opinion, boys who think they're men Mm. and they leave as men who want to be boys again, (laughs) you know, and that's the thing that's so rewarding in this business. And when people ask me, man, you've been doing this for so long. Why do you keep doing it? You know, how many wins do you want to get? And it's none of that. It's the relationship with the players. It's the phone calls I get. And, you know, I get a call from Kendrick Nunn, who was runner up rookie of the year in the NBA a couple of years ago when he got it. And he was thanking me. And that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, Martez Walker, who, when he graduated, came into my office and said, I'm not just the first kid to graduate in my family. I'm the first person to graduate in our neighborhood. He was from not a really good place in Detroit, and he came through, and he got his degree. And Martez has played professional basketball overseas for years and is making money that way. But the most excited I've ever seen him is when he got his degree. And it's those types of stories where you watch these young kids grow and become men. And not everyone's a success story. Not everyone's a winning story. There's losing stories along the way. I don't think anybody in our situation where you're in a leadership role has 100% success. And I think part of dealing with being a leader is dealing with where you want something for people and it doesn't happen and being able to handle that. I think we all go through the rough times. So, you know, there's good and there's bad in everything that we do and you got to embrace the successes and cry at the losses and then fight harder to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Well, I guess that's one of the questions I have is I look at longevity and I actually had worked for a company for 38 years. And so, you know, that's pretty rare. 39 years coaching in the same spot, really rare. And when I think about that, what do you think, Greg? Were there moments when you thought, I've had enough, I'm going to pack it in or I'm going to look elsewhere? Any of those moments that came and what turned the tide that had you stick around? 
I'll tell you a story that not many people have ever heard before. But I had a player who ended up playing in the NBA. And I was just struggling with him. I couldn't get through to him. And this was 15 years ago. And I called a timeout. If you've ever been in the arena, I think you'll understand this, that, you know, if you're in the arena, you see where the player entrance and the coaches go into the tunnel. It's a beautiful arena. I enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. So I call a timeout with eight seconds to go in the half to set up a play to this great player. And we go out on the court and he doesn't do anything I say. He just goes off on his own. And I was so frustrated with him. And I was I like, I've had it. I'm done. And <laughs> I walked off the court and there's a media parking lot, a back parking lot where the coaches park yeah. and the players park in the media park. OK, I walk out the tunnel, out the door. It's probably 12 degrees, 10 degrees outside. And I'm in you know, a sweater. Yeah. And I walk to my car and I'm done. <laughs> my career is over. I'm Wait, done. Is this halftime, coach? It's halftime. Oh, my word. I get get to my car, and I don't have my keys. Oh, that's a God thing. My career would be completely ended if I put my keys in my pocket that day. Oh, my word. So I walk around the building. Instead of going back in the player entrance, I walk around the building, and there's a fan outside smoking a cigarette, and she looks at me, and she goes, the hell are you doing here? <laughs> and I was so angry and so mad. I just looked at her and I said, some of us need cigarettes too, which wasn't true, but I was like, I didn't, what was I going to say to her? So I stop. I walk back to the tunnel and I walk right to the locker room as if nothing had happened. And I go in and I said, screw it. And I coached my team and we ended up winning the game. And 39 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> Oh, my word. I feel like I stole the story out of the Never Never Land. Thank you so much for that, Coach. I can't quit laughing. I got to go to break. I can't thank you enough for that one. And this is the Michigan Business Network on the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. This is the Leadership Lowdown right here with Greg Campy on the Michigan Business Network. We've got one precious segment left with this legendary coach, and I'm just so honored and humbled that he would be with us and grateful for some of the great stories that we're hearing and some of the fun we've been having. But you know, Coach, I'm a big believer that no one does it alone. And in our world, there's got to be people that have picked us up, dusted us off, that have pointed us in the right direction. I guess the proper name for that are mentors. In your world, who touched your life and who made a difference when it mattered the most? Mine's interesting because I became the head coach at you know a scholarship-giving school at such a young age, 28 years old, that, you know, I didn't really have time to 
get the mentors and that. But in my life, like most people, my parents, you know, I couldn't have done anything without them. I had a great love for my mother and my father. My father was a high school football coach uh-huh. at Arthur Hill High School. Played for the University of Michigan football on the 47 national championship. Oh, I didn't know. That's great. So, you know, I had that going for me, you know, that resource. And But the big thing for me with mentorship and that is when I got into the business and I wasn't afraid to talk with other coaches. So what I'm suggesting to people is like, okay, so... Tom Izzo, I think everyone knows Tom Izzo and Greg Camp are very close friends. And the great thing about that isn't our friendship. It's the ability to talk to each other in bad times and in questionable times. When you have to, you know, for example, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I will. Tom called me this summer when the transfer portal stuff and all that kind of things yeah, going sure, on yeah. frustrated with something and asked me you know why are you still doing this how are we going to change this and we had a 20-minute conversation and at the end of it i think we both felt better we both <laughs> had more resolve to get back to our job and do our job better yeah and i think that when you have people that walk in your shoes obviously in a different company or even a different business but they lead and they have responsibilities that you have and that you have to have friendships like that. You can't do this on your own, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a friend, whether it's a spouse, whether it's you've got to have people that you can talk to. You have to have people that you can explode to that, you know, when I walked out on that day, if I'd have gotten in my car and left my career, it would have been over. Yeah. Well, I had to have somebody that night to tell them that I did it. And for me, it was another coach. I called another coach on the phone after the game. We won the game, and I wasn't happy. And I talked to him about, you know, I did this, and this kid just got to me so bad, and I'm just like, I'm done. And he walked me off the ledge. And so it's somebody that lives like you live and has the pressures that you have and has the decision-making that you have that you can talk back and forth with. That's true mentorship. Sure, it's great to have somebody that's older to tell you, you know, be a nice person, work hard, you know, all the things that mentors are supposed to. But you need somebody to talk to to get through the bad times because we all have bad times. Well, Greg, I think that's so true. You know, when you were talking about, you know, being able to call somebody and trying to work it through. And I think a lot of us would be in awe of having Tom Izzo on speed dial where we could call him and have his thoughts on things. But You know, what's interesting to me is a friend of mine had what we used to call a personal board of directors. And what that meant was, is that in business, you've got other peers that might be in completely different industries, doesn't really matter, but they're people you respect, admire, and that are fairly accomplished on their own. And they have a measure of wisdom And giving that person a chance to be on your personal board of directors so you can ask questions of them and kind of maybe glean some answers, something that's pretty powerful. And I think every one of us ought to take that moment maybe to stash our pride a little bit and have a little humility to say, hey, Jerry, I need your help. Or, hey, Tom, I need this. Those are big moments. 
Well, listen, Coach, you've got another great season dialed up for us out there at Oakland University. Tell us, it's a pretty easy in and out once you get onto your campus to get to the arena. Tell us about how to get there. And then also, I'd like to hear your highlights on this coming season, what you're thinking. I think we're going to have a really, really good team. We have a couple really important home games, including we've got Oklahoma State, which is a Power 5 team coming to the arena this year. Wow. It's hard to get those games, and the last few we've had, we've won. So we had Tennessee in there, we beat them. We had Georgia in, we beat them. (laughs) We had Texas A&M in, we beat them. We had Michigan in the arena, we beat them. Well, that's why they don't want to come, Greg. They want to get beat. (laughs) Right. Well, that's probably got a little bit to do with it. So we're fortunate to get another one in, and it should be one hell of a game. And that game is Sunday the 13th of November, so it's just a month away. It's coming at you, isn't it? Yeah, it's really close to getting started. And, you know, getting to the arena is easy. Just get off I-75 on University Drive and head right into campus. It's one of the better small venues that you'll watch a basketball game in. There's not a bad seat. And it's only 4,000 seats, and they're in the bad one. I mean, you can hear the players talking from anywhere in there. You can hear the coach yelling and the excitement of the game and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really a great game. Well, I've personally been in the arena, and it really is a great place to see a great game. And if you want to be a part of the legend that is Greg Campy, you need to go out to the university and check it out because it's really something special. And Greg, you're something special. You are truly a Michigan treasure. I couldn't be more sincere in that. The comments and the way you've worked with people and what you've done for this state and you've done for University Oakland University is just nothing short of stunning. Thank you, sir, for your time today. Nick, thanks for having me on. It means a lot more to me than I sure it will be to the people that listen to be part of what you're doing. So thank you. Well, you are amazing. You're the best. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. Thanks for listening to Leadership Lowdown. I can't wait to talk to you next time.